Off the back of our episode 144, where we had Stephanie Hayes talk to us about all the problems she had being a first-time renter, we thought we would give you the property manager's perspective of how to apply for your first rental property so you understand what helps you get over the line with your application. So for all the people you know who are thinking about renting for the first time, all your mates that you want to share a house with, your adult kids who think it's time to move out of the family home, get them here listening now so they can find out how to best fill out that application. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Great copy only comes with great experience. And at Real Copyright, we come with over 25 years in the real estate advertising industry. We understand builders, architectural history, on-trend styles, sustainable living innovation, luxury, family functionality, and everything in between that becomes the essence of what agents and developers are trying to market. If you want a copywriter who knows Melbourne, knows property, and knows what buyers and renters are looking for, book your copy now with Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Megan loves to help landlords make great decisions. Megan is passionate about property management and is surrounded by a like-minded, brilliant team. At Longview, Megan and her team work together to ensure our clients' needs are met, both landlords and tenants, and that they have a respectful real estate experience. Megan uses her 21 years of experience in property to help strategically manage her clients' portfolios and create a streamlined experience. Welcome, Megan. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Sue. Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming into Real Estate Right today. Now, how did you get into property management? Because did it pick you or did you pick it? A bit of both, actually. Yeah. Um, my dad was a real estate agent okay. um, and growing up, um, you know, I spent my weekends uh, going to open homes uh, with dad. And so when I, um, in my early 20s, um, I got made redundant from my job and my mum just said, look, why don't you try real estate? And I went, I don't want to. I don't want to work seven days a week. I don't want to yeah. do what dad did. And she said, well, just give it a try. And I did. And I fell in love with it. Probably within about one day of working, I just really enjoyed helping people and just the stories, and yeah, I've loved it ever since. So yeah, it kind of picked it. We picked each other. <laughs> That's the thing. There are so many amazing stories that you can find from just walking into somebody's home, um, mm. and you know, and it's funny because a lot of people feel that their stories are safe with you because essentially there might be. Oh, like with me, they meet me once and then never see me again or mm. unless they sell another properties, you know, but for you, I guess, you know, you're building that relationship, but they, they feel safe knowing that, you know, you're not part of their friend group. You're not part of their, um, True. you know, their school community or whatever it is. Um, you know, and they do reveal a lot of detail, don't they? 
Oh, it really is. And it is a privilege that we've got to respect um, that we are holding on to a lot of information um, and people do confide in us and say, look, this is my situation um, and I just need someone to help me. And so you need to do that for people. And, and yeah, it it, it can, um, it is a, it is a a privilege, um, but it is something I love. And um, I I love a good story. Um, um, And it just, you know, that's the, you know, the, the fuel, that's the passion that drives you every single day. Um, So yeah, I do enjoy it. And it, it is something that I've loved doing for almost, almost 22 years now. So it's been good. (laughs) (laughs) The years go, keep going past, don't they? Yeah. They really do. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to help those who are looking at renting for the first time. Now um, in our intro, we talked about, um, we had a case study at episode 144 where we had a, a um, a renter who struggled with her application for her first home and she thought she has a full-time job, her partner had a full-time job. They should have been a great candidate, but I think it took about six months for them to actually get accepted into something, um, which for them, that was like, we don't even know. Why don't why do, why do they tell us why, why we didn't get that property? You know, we That's fall in so love hard. with them and then we get our hearts broken. We fall in love, heart broken. We thought we would swap it around and say, well, this is why mm-hmm. from your point of view. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so what are property managers looking for in a tenant when they have a vacant property for lease? I think for us it's it really starts from, you know, the first open for inspection. Um, and yeah. what I always say to people is, that the person who's doing the open for inspection is actually your first unofficial reference. So when you turn up at the open, um, you know, that's when they're not watching you in a weird way, but (laughs) they're um, observing. observing. That's the right word. Perfect. Uh, And they're, um, you know, they're there to come back to us so that we can give some feedback to the owner. So if I'm not doing the open and one of my colleagues is, then they can say, Yeah. yeah, they were fantastic. They were so nice. Um, they were great to deal with, um, you know, they would make great tenants. So they are actually an unofficial reference. And you do, mm. I guess, like anything, remember anyone who might not be nice or might be late to the open. And so it's really important. And I always say it's like a job interview. Um, you know, you mm. put your best foot forward. But I'm, I really do feel for people that go through and go through so many of these properties and miss out and it is heartbreaking and it is hard to keep peppy um, <laughs> when yeah. you're up to your, you know, 25th property. Bibles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so essentially should you dress like because most inspections may be Saturday morning or whatever it is, should you be dressed in your Sunday best or no I don't and it's not really and that's not something that we really judge people on because we all know what we you know what we look like when we go to the kids sports or anything like that but it's more about how you are if you if you're on time that's a really important thing if you're running late call and let us know and that's you know just general human courtesy um yeah but you know being on time and you know saying hello um and just being courteous um that, you know, it speaks volumes um, to a person's character and that yeah. can be, you know, the difference when, you know, if you're at the property with 10 or 15 or 20 other people, um, mm. if you stand out and you make conversation with the person and you're kind, you become memorable and it then yeah. makes that you stand out from a crowd of people who are just walking in and walking out again with no feedback. 
Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Now, what are some of the things that tenants do on their application that become a bit of a red flag for property managers? Yeah, look, again, when it comes to applications, what you're trying to do is you're trying to enter into a business contract essentially which is applying for a property it is a it is almost a business relationship so you've got to treat the application and make um, like I guess a business transaction you've got to have everything filled out correctly and so when we see applications there's missing information missing um, email addresses or email addresses that say don't know at no name.com.au it's like oh yeah 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 I think they think they're being funny but it's actually really frustrating (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's you, you've got to make sure it's all ready. And there's so many application programs that you can have the whole thing ready before you even inspect the property. And then once you've inspected the property, you can send it through. So you've got time to make sure that the reference names, phone numbers and email addresses are correct, that you've got all your correct ID, you've got your pay slips. Um, and I always love seeing a, uh, you know, a cover letter or something as well that talks to the property manager and the landlord about who you are and why you want to live at this property or why you're looking for a property. But the biggest red flags for us are not correct information and if the affordability isn't there. So you need to be able to show how you can afford the property. Yeah. So one of the things that as a general rule of thumb, and of course, this isn't, you know, a hard and fast rule, but the rental income the rental needs to be about 30 percent of your income so if you do those basic sums and if it looks like you're possibly going to be living beyond your means or it's more than 30 percent it's really important that you provide that information to the property manager to say look i know it looks like we don't earn enough money but this is where we've got extra income from or this is our savings or you know presenting presenting yourself and explaining um, and just answering those questions before they come to you, especially if there's competition. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, okay, some people like uh, building a house, so they need to rent something in the meantime while they're building. And and it's like we have got a loan from the bank that includes the cost of renting for 12 months. Please understand that we may look on paper, on payslips that we're a bit underwhelming, but we'd like to, you know, get our kids ready for a certain lifestyle and this is what it's going to be like. It's true. And I once had this lady and we were looking at it and it was about 50% of her income, which is quite high. Mm. Um, but she then shared with me because she so loved the house and she was like, I need to have this property. It's my it's my future home. Yeah. And she shared her budget with me, which I didn't ask for, but she said, I need you to show how good I am at budgeting. And I need you to show that I've already worked out how I'm going to make these payments every single month, where all my bills are. And it was so... Um, impressive that I called the landlord and said she's got this honestly she's going to be great and don't you worry and she's still in the property eight years later paying her rent on time and being amazing so um, yeah it's just answering those questions that you're inevitably going to be asked so Mm. just being on the front foot yeah yes that's a good idea Um, now how can prospective tenants apply for properties better so I think we've had conversations about this before References are a bit of concern. Yeah, references, it needs to be someone who can speak to um, you as a responsible adult, <laughs> not <laughs> your best mate who says, yeah, he's great at the pub or, um, you know, I, I, or, n- 
nothing um, that is too personal, I guess, because that's not going to help you in this business transaction. Yeah. So it needs to be a professional reference. So that can be uh, work colleagues. Um, yeah. It can be, you know, if you're self, um, if you're self-employed, it can be uh, customers, contractors. People like that can speak to you you as a person, as a professional person. That's a really great reference to provide. Um, Not so much family members because, you know, family members are, well, sometimes we can say they're our worst critic, but (laughs) they are also our biggest fans at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So could you do things like sports coaches, for instance? Like That would be perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would love a sports coach. Yeah, because it usually shows the discipline and, and, um, you know, dedication. Um, Absolutely. The fact that you're actually turning up to training on time, all that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. That's a really great suggestion, Sue, because I think coaches are so good at reading the kids in the team or the people in the team um, and they can see who's paying attention, who's diligent, who's dedicated. I I think that would be a superb uh, reference for someone, especially someone who wants to move out of home for the first time. So that would be a great reference. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm just going to think of other outside the square box kind of things because a lot of young kids, they've like, they'll work at McDonald's or KFC or something like that. And their managers are changing all the time. And, and, you know, there isn't really one specific person that knows them super well, where as a sports coach might be for a whole season, you've got six months or whatever that you're under their wing for two or three times a week. Absolutely. I mean, you could even ask a teacher, um, you know, some high schools um, have um, like goal group teachers um, where they know these kids and they've seen them graduate um, or, you know, um, anything to do with that, which is a person that's seen you in a different capacity than, you know, family members Mm. um, can be really good. So I would say, you know, um, especially for, you know, people, and I want to say kids, but that's because I'm so old. But young adults, um, you know, so they could even ask um, if they needed to, and you can provide this to the property manager and say, Mm. um, this is a close family friend. Um, They've seen me grow up or this is my godfather. This is my godmother. Um, Those types of people are also there to speak to their character as well. If you really needed that, you needed an additional reference. Yeah. Talking about age, I remember going to a house once where, the guy was in his 50s, I think, and he had lived under mum's roof all his life and he's like, I need to go into property because, you know, mum's dying or not. she needs the money to go to a nursing home or whatever mm. it is and I can't live here anymore. Like how it's sad but it happens. It, it does, yes. Um, I've dealt with it quite a few uh, times over the years and, um a lot of the time we have to then work, talk with their work references. Um, I have had someone whose own dad called and said, you just need to get my son out of the house. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no problem. Because I will, I'll take responsibility for him. He's an old, he's a grown man, but I'll take responsibility. <laughs> Which was great. So uh-huh. yeah, we, we helped out there. <laughs> we sort of, Slightly touched on this, but I'm sure we could expand on it a bit more. What should prospective tenants do when, when attending inspections? Um, it's really important to be on time. Um, yeah. And 
um, be patient and wait. And because sometimes um, if it's not the property manager opening the property or it's somebody else, one of the leasing consultants, um, they might have 600 keys, which isn't ideal, but <laughs> they've got to find yeah, that one key. Um, and then they've got to go into the property, open the blinds, turn the lights on and make sure it's presentable. So yeah. wait to be invited into the property. Mm -hmm. I think that would be something. It's just, again, it's just a nice, respectful thing to do. Um, yeah. Say hello to the person, introduce yourself. Um, and when you've, when you've gone through the property, feel free to give feedback and say, um, I really love the kitchen or I really love the backyard. Um, the bedrooms aren't quite right for me, but that's no problem. I can make that work or whatever it is. Give that mm -hmm. feedback because that's yeah. really helpful. Um, you know, if you've got anything negative, just say, look, I'll, I'll speak to the property manager about that later. You no need to broadcast, you know, <laughs> if you don't like the property. Um, but certainly pass on good feedback. And, and if the person's there by themselves um, and, you know, there's not too many people at the open, have a chat with them, have a joke, um, yes. show your human side, show them who you are. Because, yeah. you know, so often I get feedback from our leasing team on the weekend and they say, these people were so incredible, so lovely, you've got to help them find a property. Yeah. And then we buy in and we are dedicated to try and help them find a property. Yeah. So it really, you know, kindness works every single time. Yeah. So make sure you also give your proper name and number to yes yeah absolutely and you know if you've got one of those funny email addresses that you think is really funny when you created it maybe create a separate email address that's yeah and that's a little bit yeah, more professional like a lot of kids do do the you know the legend at hotmail.com or something like that <laughs> It's true. It can be, but sometimes it can be funny and it's actually a really good way to show a bit of personality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally just if you have your mindset that this is like applying for a job, yeah. then it really helps your actions and the way that you present yourself at an open for inspection. Um, and that mindset really does help. Um, and it really does. It means that your unofficial reference, which is the leasing person, is speaking highly of you. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you are running late. Oh, one big tip. If it's a yeah. house, don't park in the driveway of the house. Oh, yeah. Leasing consultants hate that. Or property managers go, oh, my God, you know, don't. It feels rude. How so do do that? Like, that's yeah. They oh do, my, yeah. And it's really hard also if you do turn up late, especially if the open is, say, from 1 to one fifteen, and you turn up at one fourteen. Yeah. you're then asking that person, the leasing consultant, to essentially be late for the next one. Yeah. So um, if you can't make it on time, there'll be another inspection or call the agent and make a private appointment. But yeah. it's better to make another appointment than be late because, you know, yeah. you've already... You know, up the day. Yeah. Um, probably a good thing for, you know, like in terms of parking, if it's on the main road, just park on the closest side street. Don't go on the main road. Like, yeah. Plan your you trip. Know. You know it's going to be on Punt Road or something like that. Yeah. Go, okay, where am I going to park? I'll get there 10 minutes early so that yeah. way you've got time to park. You know, just plan your day a little bit um, and it'll just help you not be so stressed um mm. but also you know it just helps like anything um be uh, better prepared for the day so yeah absolutely look at where it is and, and plan accordingly yeah cool now 
one of the questions that you suggested was, um, why do some properties continue to be advertised after an applicant has been approved? Yeah, I wanted to explain and give some insight into this because one of the confusions that we often uh, deal with is someone will see a property online and go, can I please have a look through? And we'll say, look, well, unfortunately, we're not doing open for inspections at the moment because we've got an approved application. And people say, well, why is it still advertised? Because yeah. they feel upset that they've now made the effort to call and try and book in yeah. and essentially we're wasting That's their time, enough. which yeah. is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why is that often people apply for a property and get approved and then change their mind. And so... Well, they've been approved for like four properties. Yes. Which one do we choose? Yes. Which is a wonderful privilege for the tenant to be in, but it's horrible for the property manager and the landlord. But that's the reason why until a lease is signed and rental bond is paid, we have to continue to market the property. So generally our rule of thumb is that out of tenant is approved, we will actually still advertise it and open it for inspection. As soon as a lease is signed, we won't open it for inspection anymore. And as soon as the rental bond is paid, we take it from the internet. Okay. So it's just covering bases, and but that's the reason why, so people okay. understand. Now we have a little bit more of a better understanding. After the break, we are going to have some examples of situations where prospective tenants might be able to take away a few tips to better their chances of being approved. listening to Real Estate Right and I'm your host Sue Langada and I'm talking with Megan Taylor from Longview Real Estate about how to apply for your first rental property and that you're understanding both sides of the story. Okay Megan, we're going to come up with a few examples for people who may never have rented before. Okay, case study one. Say I was a young uni student wanting to get a place with three to four mates. What should we put on our applications to secure the lease? Absolutely. And this does um, happen a lot. And one of the um, best recommendations I can give you is set up a, a cover letter or some kind of document that talks to each of your personalities because it's really hard to ignore or pass on someone when you can see, you know, that they're they're lovely, they're kind, um, you know, they're fun people. Um, Because the biggest concern a a landlord or property manager will have with, you know, for young people wanting to move into a property is that it's going to be a party house. And the reason why we have that fear is because we did that. So... (laughs) So it's not a fear based on judgment. It's based on experience. Yes. So we need to be able to um, show the landlord or explain to them that there is a very minimal risk of damage to the property, um, that these guys are just trying to, you know, get ahead in life. They're wanting to be independent um, and just showing that they will pay their rent on time. Maybe their parents might want to be guarantors, um, which I have seen happen over the years and has been a really good way to relieve any concerns or worries about the yeah. um, for the landlord. But I think the best thing that you can do is, in this day and age, do a fun video um, okay. or do a cover letter because um, that's how you can stand out and show that, um, you know, you're... Uh, you know, who you are as a person and it makes it harder to ignore. So that and obviously yeah. also the other tips I gave about being nice when you attend the yeah. for instance. Lots of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, if you were, you know, three or four mates, one was a uni student, one was 
a carpenter, one was a plumber, you know, saying that you're those little tradey, you know, it might be just apprenticeship stuff, but, you know, if we do kick a wall or something and put a dent in the plaster, you know, we know how to fix it up or... And that's thought of. We go, oh, what trade are they? This is great. (laughs) It does actually help sometimes being a trade. Um, But, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just about showing your ability that you've thought about how you're going to make those payments. So you need to be able to provide that proof. Yeah. But also that, you know, you want to be responsible adults. You know it's an important decision. It's a next step in your, um, I don't want to say journey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's an important as live adulthood and um you know that you're not going to ruin it um and that's why i think cover letters and videos are just a really great way to be able to explain that and share that with the owner so they can make a decision yeah cool so what are the main besides like obviously the party house any other red flags that you know three or four mates would have with the landlord yeah, it's um it's the dynamics of the fact that there's four adults or four different people living in a yeah. property and sometimes it's it can create if someone wants to move out and someone else wants to move in yeah. and then someone else wants to move out and someone that is a huge amount of paperwork for a yeah. property manager and it is absolutely the tenant's right to do so they can yeah. do that but it is something that is in the back of our mind like anything yeah are these guys all going to want to stay or am I going to be processing more applications and doing more transfers of tenancies in three or four months' time when they ever blew? Yeah. So it is something in the back of our mind and, um, you know, it is. It, you should know that and say, look, you know, we've already, this is how we plan on working it or talk about how you plan on making it work as a household. Yeah. Um, and, you know, cover that, answer that question in advance. Yeah. But that's one of the biggest things that is a concern for a property manager and also for a landlord, that wear and tear of mm. people coming and going like a share house, yeah. um, you know, that is a lot of wear and tear on a property, which is eventually something they're going to have to, you know, pay to fix up. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So if we were three to four mates doing it, you want everybody's name on that lease? 100%. Okay. We can't sort of say, you know, A and B will be on the lease and three, you know, and C and D won't, you know, on the sidelines uh, like and then there'll be like girlfriends and boyfriends and everybody in between like all of a sudden this four group might turn into eight we do think about that too and that's one of the yeah. considerations yeah it, it is important that we do have all people on the lease um that are you know the four original people Nos. moving into the property yeah because for for them it's actually a really great way and we explain this to the tenants that This is how you can start your property management references. If you're not on the lease, then essentially you don't exist. And so you can't get a reference in the future. So it's in their best interest to have their name on the lease. Um, But it's also that if one of them does move out, then they have to be responsible. If you're not on the lease, you can come and go and it's up to the others to pay for any damage that you did, um, you know, the responsibility falls then on you know the few when it should be equally shared amongst the people who are living in the property and paying for the rental so yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah like I've I've explained to my son that you know when he was talking you know two or three years ago about moving out with a group of five mates they're going to get a house in Richmond for a thousand bucks a week and I'm just like so who's got the main job here who's got the name on the lease who's you know and 
And, and I said, you know, it all falls back on you if you're the one who's organising it. And, you know, are you going to come up with a thousand bucks a week if everyone starts dwindling away or, you know, how are you going to cope with that? Um, and yeah, it, it's all of a sudden turned out to be a bit too big. And it really can. <laughs> and it is tricky, but we also see, you know, three, uh, professionals sharing uh, yeah. they want to live close to the city they can't afford the rent so they share so it's not just university students and people like that who do share yeah. um but i think the biggest thing is to um just share ha- what your plan is um yeah. and just explain that you know your how you're going to pay the rental obviously most agencies now offer direct debit as an option for paying rental. Yeah. So that really solves a lot of a concern about getting lots of different payments of rental as well. So the guys would be, you know, for example, would be great if they said, we've already set up one bank account. We're all going to put the money in the one bank account. So that way you can take it out rather than getting four payments of $57 and 50 cents yeah. <laughs> per <laughs> week. Um, so it's just about planning ahead and, and being responsible. Yeah. I think that's the best thing. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, case study number two. Say I'm 20, sick of living under mum and dad's roof and rules. I'm studying and not quite sure if I can get Oz study or, um, but I do have a casual job making about $300 a week. Sometimes I get, you know, it can go up to $1,000 a week depending on like school holidays and all that sort of stuff. And my boyfriend has an apprenticeship, so I, but he's on a low wage. What could help our application? This comes down to making sure that you're not trying to live beyond your means. Yeah. So if you're not sure if you can get or study, find out. You need to know that what your yeah. financial position will be. Yeah. Um, you know, start planning that you are wanting to move out. So start trying to save some money because at least then you can show the agent, mm. I do work a casual job, but yeah. I've actually got this little nest egg of $1,000 or $1,500 yeah. so that if I get less shifts one week, I can have a buffer here. Yeah. So it's just about being able to show that you're not going to be living beyond your means and that if you do hit a rough week that you can fill that buffer that you've taken responsibility for that financial obligation yeah sounds good okay case study number three say i'm a 20 something single mum and my parents said i can't stay in the family home anymore any work that i do is pretty much the cost of childcare. i should be able to get rental assistance and i do get some child support what would make a landlord happy to have me as a tenant I would say uh, a few factors here. It's really important, and I understand the single mum wanting to stand on her own two feet and be an independent person. Um, So one of the things that can help is absolutely finding out what you are entitled to from income. There's a lot of really great charities and companies that help single mums and women wanting to stand on their own two feet. Um, So look into those. And a lot of property managers can actually provide that information. So we help a lot of single mums or women wanting to find refuge, we can actually give them charities that they can reach out to to get that income. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, if her parents have said, you know, I don't, we don't want you under this roof anymore, then... Yeah, it's the same two-year-old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've raised our children. We want you out. Yeah. Um, yeah. See if they will go guarantor on the, yeah. on, the, on the lease as well and say, look, that would be great. So I can stand on my own two feet. Can you just be a guarantor, which means that they are a backup if, if need be? So yeah. they're just there as a co, a co name on the lease. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and the other option is, um, again, if you have some savings or some money that you can show that there is some savings, which is really tricky, I know, as a single mom. But honestly, some of the best renters I've had in 22 years of doing this are single moms because they can make a dollar go so far. They're so resourceful. Mm. So it's actually a really, um, it speaks very highly because, you know, women are great. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and our last case study, um, now I'm an international student on a student visa. My parents have saved and given me this opportunity to study in Melbourne. Um, I'm not entitled to any government benefits in Australia, but my parents are paying for my education but not my living expenses. I can work 20 hours a week on my visa, but what can I do to improve my chances of getting a rental property? Absolutely. This is something that we deal with a lot, um, especially with our city portfolio. And the best way they can is to share their bank account, um, the statement to show those regular payments coming from their parents and to show that there's that more than enough income to supplement the rental. And we see this all the time. We can't ask to see a tenant's bank statement but if yeah. they will provide it to us and that helps show that they can there is that income coming in yeah when it comes to references um because it is hard because they're coming from overseas yeah. um if they can ask you know the boss or wherever they they're um they're doing that casual work to be a reference which often they are happy to do yeah. that um and then usually um if they can then get a letter from their parents as well to say we will financially support our child and this yeah. is the amount of money we have promised to give them every single month. Yeah. Is there any sort of other situations that might, you know, for first-time renters that might come, that you come across? I think for first-time renters it is hard because they don't have that history. And although we don't... Um, you know, we don't come into this with any judgment, but a lot of property managers do come into this assessment with experience behind them of, you know, what they've had to deal with in the past. Um, I think it's really great that for any first-time renters to call up and have a chat with a property manager. It doesn't necessarily have to be a property um, that they're applying for, but have a chat with a property manager and say, what are you really looking for in this tenant? What can I provide to help make my application as strong as possible? Mm. And I do get asked that question a lot. And I really try and explain that making sure, you know, you've answered the question about your affordability, make mm-hmm. sure your application is 100% accurate and completed. So you've got your driver's license, you've got your ID, you've provided all that information because the more work you ask a property manager to complete that application, the lower you will fall on that priority list because they have to keep coming back to you. Can you give me this? Can you give me this? Can you give me this? Yeah. And if your application is up against someone else who has already filled out all that information, they're going to get their application processed a lot more quickly. Mm. So if you're organised, have all your ducks in a row, make sure you're um, financially able to afford the property, provide a cover letter or a video, And, um, you know, that's the best way to really show you're a responsible adult. One of the things I've dealt with over the years where even if I have had to follow up a tenant for an application, they've been really responsive and, oh, yeah, sorry, here's that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, here's that. That actually talks well for them too because I say to the owner, they've been really responsive. Um, They've been really great to deal with so far. 
So, Mm -hmm. and it is tricky in our role that we do have to ask for so much personal information. And I really do feel that and understand it can feel like we're invading your privacy and Mm -hmm. we don't want to invade your privacy any more than we have to. But it is really tricky that if we ask for information and we get the feedback saying, you know what, I've given you enough and that's absolutely fine. However, it might not be enough to get you approved for a property. Yeah. And so we're not trying to, um, you know, try and find out information where you spend your money, how many times you've been to KFC this week. We really don't no. care. Yeah, <laughs> just your rentals. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. we're interested in. And to make sure that we can recommend you to an owner with full confidence that it isn't going to come back and bite us in the bottom uh, <laughs> down the track um, because, you know, we've tried to give you a chance. So, yeah. Um, a lot of the time it's in a property manager's best interest to lease a property. We want to lease a property. Yeah. We really yeah. do. We want you to apply and to move into the property. Yeah. Um, it's just we've got to make sure that we're putting the right person into the property. And yeah. that's what we're that's what we're trying to achieve at the end of the yeah. day. And like for me, first time renters, like start small. Don't go three or four mates. Start with like you and maybe a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. You know, find your own space first. You know, you may not go for the apartment with the courtyard, but maybe just go upstairs and and think, okay, I know I can't look after a backyard, but at least, you know, I've got my own space for five, you know, it might be for for 12 months and then maybe increase that to a two-bedroom unit with a courtyard in 12 months. Completely agree. Yeah. Getting that first initial reference, that experience to say, your rent is paid on time, you're great to deal with, you're clean and tidy, got a full bond refund. Yeah. That just said, that makes you go from a medium or high risk application to low yeah. risk really quickly. So, yeah. exactly right, Sue. Start small and then build on it from there. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And if you want to move in with mates, you know, in the second property, you know, you're the one with the great, you know, reference already. Yeah. And so that's, you- that's key. If we can get yeah. four mates who want to move in together and all of them have got great references, it's a no-brainer. It yeah. really is a no-brainer. It's yeah. when we don't have those references that we have to then start looking at the video, looking at the cover letter, looking for something yeah. to say that they're good people. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's great advice, Sue. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much, Megan, oh, for your top that. advice. Now, how can listeners get in contact with you or follow you for your other tips? Well, I do a lot of tips on my social media Instagram page. So it's a bit more fun. So I do tenant and landlord tips. And then there's a few bloopers where, you know, hopefully you're not adverse to the odd swearing. Um, I've got a (laughs) Facebook page, uh, which is mostly just um, some general ideas and and information and helpful tips. And then I've got LinkedIn, which is a little bit more professional because it's a professional page. Um, And that gives, um, you know, some great tips and advice as to how to get ahead with your rental application, what to expect when you're doing uh, routine inspections and just help you understand both sides. So, yeah. Yeah. So what are your handles on Instagram and Facebook and stuff? Uh, so Megan Taylor underscore Longview. We will have all your details on our show notes and um, on our social media as well. So, yeah, we'll make sure that everyone can have a look at them. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much, Sue. It's been really great fun chatting with you. Thank you. Yeah, great.
Yeah, thanks so much. So next week, talking about case studies, we're going to have another one with Reese Jakenley about his journey with buying his first investment property. Reese had an interesting pathway and was given some great advice on how to make the most of his first investment. So don't miss it. Real Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies, and is written, hosted, and produced by me, Sue Langadam, with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast, Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how-to tip, please contact Lisa on 59778889 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at copyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right. Oh,